Hey, Zach Silk here, president of Civic Ventures. I'm welcoming you to a bonus episode. We're having a conversation today with Mara Quint. She's the executive director of Tax March. You'll find out all about it. We've been partnering here at Civic Ventures with them for the last couple of years, and they're launching a brand new campaign that we think you will be excited about. Hey there, I'm Annie Fadley. I work on policy here at Civic Ventures, and I help produce this podcast. Zach and Mara are going to talk a lot about tax rates, and I wanted to interrupt with a quick explainer about the difference between marginal and effective rates, along with some background information that will help you get the most out of their conversation. So for example, say that you're a single filer earning $100,000 a year. That puts you into a tax bracket with a top marginal rate of 24%, but you don't actually pay $24,000 a year in taxes. First, Assuming you don't itemize, you get to take the $12,000 standard deduction, which knocks your adjusted gross income down to $88,000. Then, you pay progressively higher tax rates on each portion of your income that falls into progressively higher tax brackets. 10% on the first $9,700 of taxable income, 12% on the next $29,875 of income, and so on. Add it all together and your tax bill is $15,306, a 15.3% effective tax rate on your total income of $100,000. Another term that Zach and Mara are going to toss around is capital gains. A capital gain is a profit from the sale of property or an investment. In 2018, almost 70% of profits from capital gains, more than $584 billion, went to the top 1%, while the lowest 60% of Americans saw only 4% of capital gains. Capital gains are one of the biggest contributors to wealth inequality because the top capital gains tax rate is much lower than the top federal income tax rate. The U.S. has a long history of taxing the wealthy more than the middle class. It just doesn't live in our recent memories because the high-end tax brackets were eliminated under Ronald Reagan. The capital gains tax rate was nearly 40% in the late 1970s, and then it was cut to 28% after Reagan's 1986 tax cuts. And it's been at the current 20% since 2013. In the 1950s and 60s, the very wealthiest people in our country paid a top marginal income tax rate of 91%, and the economy was booming. Today, the top marginal tax rate is 43.4%. So it's really not surprising at all that the richest 1% of Americans own 35% of our country's wealth, while the bottom 80% own 11% of the wealth. All right, now that you're up to speed on the complexities of our tax code, here's Zach and Mara. I'm Mara Quint. I'm the executive director of Tax March. And Tax March is an organization that started to demand that Donald Trump release his tax return and has grown to focus on the unfair tax law and focus on making the tax law fair for the entirety of the country, not just the wealthy billionaires and millionaires. That's great. Hey, Mara, can you tell us a little bit, how did you get into this line of work? Um, I got involved when Tax March was originally started. Tax March was started actually on Twitter. Frank Lesser, he was a he is a comedy writer. He was on Colbert Report, which was still on at that point. Tweeted out that the next march should be on April fifteenth on Tax Day to demand that Donald Trump release his tax returns. He and I knew each other because I had also uh, written comedy, not at Frank's level of writing comedy, <laughs> but I was writing comedy as well. So. I had retweeted his tweet. That was my big grand contribution. I did a, I retweeted it. Uh, and then I watched this tweet absolutely skyrocket, just get completely huge, crazy numbers. 
And I saw people starting to reply saying like, yes, do this. Let's do this. You know what? Tell us what to do. How are we going to do this? And they were all directed at Frank because he had tweeted it. Um, But having written comedy and, and knowing comedy writers, I had a feeling that that was maybe a really big ask to have him lead a whole movement. So I reached out to him privately and said, you know, Frank, I actually have a background in PR and events and nonprofits. Um, Do you need some help? And he said, yes. (laughs) And that's how I got involved right off the bat. Um, So Tax March originally was just a ton of people across the country putting up Facebook event pages and saying, we're going to hold a tax march. We're going to hold an event. We're going to do a rally. We're going to do something on April 15th. And so um, what I came in to try and do was just kind of organize everybody together, get us all on the same page, have us marching as one. Um, And that's that's what we did. (laughs) That's amazing. I know you recently launched a new campaign, um, and we want to focus a little bit of time on that. You know, here at the pod, we spend really the bulk of the time talking about the intersection between uh, politics, policy, and economics. And you can't talk about policy, politics, and economics unless you talk about taxes. Um, and we were really interested in this new campaign that you all have launched. Uh, will you give us a little bit of the top lines for our listeners about what the campaign is? We just launched our Tax the Rich movement. Um, Tax the Rich is something that we are pulling in other partners on. We are working with organizers and activists on this as well. We're trying to make it a very broad coalition, a broad group of people. I'm sure you know this, and I'm sure your listeners know this, this being very much something you probably discuss on a regular basis, but our economy is rigged, Hmm. and it has been Hmm. for a really long time, and it's only been getting worse and worse. The difference between the haves and the have-nots has grown to an extreme, extreme uh, size at this point. It's, in fact, it hasn't been this bad since right before the Great Depression. That kind of tells us something is not on the right track. And we want to combat that. We don't want to continue seeing this pattern. We don't want to continue seeing the rich get richer. We want to see some equity in our system. And the other thing is that it's not just us. It's not a handful of people. The country wants to see that. Everyone wants to see that. This is something that affects everyone and that everyone is aware of. And, you know, the only place that we're not seeing the idea of taxing the rich just fully embraced, just internally embraced, is really in D.C. This town has a tendency to feel like they have to shy away from that messaging. They're, They're very scared of it. And so, you know, what we aim to do here is show the elected officials how incredibly popular this actually is, how much people are calling for it, and how much they will be demanding it of them. Yeah. Because we are focusing so much on people um, and on elevating the voices of Americans, we notice that like there are times when people don't feel very comfortable talking about the percentages or the particular laws or threads. But what they know is that something is wrong. There's a sense that there's an immorality happening here. And so we really want to connect to that because it's absolutely true. What they're feeling is something that is actually occurring. And so, uh, you know, we just want to kind of elevate that. We want people to feel empowered to speak this um, because ultimately this is 
something we can do to change our economy, to change opportunity for a majority of Americans, uh, and to, you know, better our world and stuff. Yeah, it's all the good stuff. I mean, that's the amazing mm-hmm. thing. I, I, you know, for us, uh, I think one of the reasons that people shy away from this is that Democrats in particular, although it's the general uh, political class, they end up talking about taxes in such a technocratic way um, mm-hmm. that is really divorced from people's real life. And the reality, of course, is that tax policy, it is about um, your values. I mean, this is this is an expression of your values. And we we've been saying for a long time that when you talk about taxes and budgets, those are expressions of your values. And when you value, you know, putting the least burden on the most powerful and the most burden on the least powerful, you end up with the kind of society we have right now where you have crazy disparities between the rich and the poor. And you have a lot of people really angry because they feel like they're working hard and losing out. And meanwhile, the economy is rigged against them. And Actually, one of the things I really loved, uh, you had that tweet um, back in February, you, you said that you love to pay more taxes than a massive corporation run by a super billionaire. Um, and this is yeah. true, like, this is true, right? This is kind of the um, kind of core reality is that corporations and the very wealthy are paying far less in taxes, sometimes as little as zero dollars uh, right. in taxes, while an average working person is paying a huge percentage of, of their income in dollars. Do we, that that tweet did, did really well. It kind of sailed and it made me wonder what your reflection on, like why are people engaged in this so much now? Has something changed that has made people ready to engage in that kind of conversation? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to the tax conversation, really Republicans did a great job decades and decades ago selling this notion of trickle down yeah. economics. And they really, they framed the whole conversation. And Democrats have even, you know, when they're pushing back, they're still existing in this world. They're still sort of validating it as an idea when it it shouldn't even be validated at all. It should be, you know, called out for the total, utter fantasy that it is. It's it's nonsense. Um, So, you know, that worked for a while. But it's not working anymore. People aren't buying it anymore. And they're seeing in their everyday lives that what they've been told is going to happen isn't happening for them. Right. It's just very, very clear. I mean, you have a company like GM. GM received massive benefits from the tax bill that the GOP passed at the end of 2017. And there was this whole promise that with this tax bill, you're going you're gonna to get investment in jobs and salaries. And so that's what they've been selling. And then you see GM getting a massive tax cut and then closing down shops. That's Yeah, literally the opposite of what opposite. was promised, right? Absolutely. Yeah. The, the absolute opposite. So, I mean, it's very, very hard in the face of that to not recognize that something is wrong here. We are being lied to. This is not working the way that they've told me it's going to work. So... I think people are getting very angry about yeah. it, and rightfully so. And Mara, this isn't just your intuitions. You you all have done some polling on this recently that you've got evidence that this is the case, right? Can you talk a little bit about what the top lines of that polling was and so, so we can have a better understanding of where, where people are at? Absolutely. I mean, the top, top line is simply that raising taxes on the rich is overwhelmingly supported by voters um, in a really, really crazy amount. It's no surprise that it is 
slightly more supported by Democrats, but it may be a surprise, and I think it often is a surprise, that it is still very much supported by Republicans yeah. and independents as well. Hmm. Uh, 60% of Republicans are in favor of higher taxes on the rich. So we are definitely not just talking abstractions here. <laughs> we are talking something that is really near and dear to people's hearts, something they care about, and something that they want to see happen. Yeah, that's really amazing. I think it's one of the things that it reminds me when when you look at a lot of the polling on these economic questions, there is a super majority in this country that wants better economic policy that works for them. And the intuitions of the beltway class and a lot of the punditry is just fully aligned with the wealthy and powerful, but it's out of touch with with regular people. And here it is, plain as day in your polling, 60% of Republicans, you know, somewhere 70% of the country are ready to tax the wealthy. Um, Do you think that, I mean, it must be, or at least what I think I heard you say, is that the lived experience of trickle-down economics just has not matched the promise. And do you think people are ready now to confront that orthodoxy and just go a different direction? Absolutely. I mean, I think we have seen in general that the country is primed for change of all sorts right now. Uh, People have been very upset for a while. Uh, There is some conversation even that 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 desire for some change, any change, is even what allowed Trump potentially to uh, to become elected. Because, you know, we hadn't had a talk show host, I guess, before, um, (laughs) (laughs) or a game show host. But that energy can be redirected into things that were actually beneficial. Um, I think that the time is absolutely now. We are definitely, definitely seeing people be incredibly energized on this issue and excited. Um, you know, I have a t-shirt that says tax the rich on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just got it. I love it. It's fantastic. And I wore it yesterday as I was sort of out and about uh, in DC. And I have never, ever gotten so much attention. That's <laughs> and ultimately, the sense that I was getting back from people wasn't just, oh, that's interesting. What a good idea. It was more like, yes, someone's saying it. This is what we've been thinking. It's much more an acknowledgement of something that people already had in their, uh, in their minds and something that they already wanted. So I think, I think in general, people are excited to hear us talking about it. Yeah, that's great. Hey, can I turn our attention a little bit to the policy details? I'm curious what, when you say you want to raise the taxes on the wealthiest individuals and profitable corporations, what kind of tax rates are our nation's wealthiest people paying today? I think most people really have no idea what, what the wealthier corporations pay. Can you give that a kind of a summary, something that a, a regular person could understand? <laughs> Well, I am very much a regular person, so uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so here's how I understand it. Yeah. Um, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act at the end of uh, 2017 reduced the top marginal tax rate, which is a phrase that people are starting to hear more about and starting to understand. Um, just, I would say, in 2019, uh, a lot of us just learned what a top marginal tax rate is. But the tax cut bill lowered it. It lowered it to 37%, which is very low when you look at the historical context of tax rates in America. Um, However, beyond that as well, there are other ways that the wealthy are able to avoid taxes and dodge taxes. Um, There are certainly, the wealthy make a lot of their money through capital gains taxes, which are taxed at a low rate, certainly lower than a lot of people's income. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have 
you have the wealthy paying actually very little in taxes ultimately. There's a, it's a pretty big misconception that the wealthy pay a lot in taxes. That's not true. Yeah. Hey, so what kind of things uh, is Tax March doing along this campaign focused on 2020? What, what, what can we be looking forward to from you? We are going to be focusing on our Tax the Rich campaign, which is going to be doing a lot of organizing in states that are critical to the 2020 presidential nomination process and the 2020 general election. We are going to launch a robust Iowa state program, in fact, that is going to be focusing specifically on taxing the rich and candidates um, and trying to elevate that into the conversation that's happening. Um, And you're also going to see we're doing a lot with reaching out to activists and organizers across the country to make sure that they are uh, educated, that they feel comfortable speaking on these issues, and that they're empowered to do so. We are creating a movement is what we're doing. Oh, that's great. And so if people listening to this wanted to get involved, what would they do? Well, uh, a great way is to go to taxmarch.org and sign up with us. We keep everybody updated on uh, things that we're doing, events, ways that they can get involved. Uh, we're also on Twitter at TaxMarch. Uh, and also beyond those, you know, I would say that really the most important thing that people can be doing right now is talking about this, is talking to one another, bringing it up, talking about it in wherever, uh, wherever you go and discussing it because we want to make sure that it just stays lifted. You know, everything moves very quickly these days and we don't want this to get dropped because it is so vital and so important. Awesome. Well, hey, Mara, it was great talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time. I hope everybody heard that uh, taxing the rich isn't just good policy. It's also good politics. And we really enjoyed uh, our conversation with you and we're going to watch closely as you move forward with this campaign. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Okay. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. Uh, So for me, one of the big takeaways here was the polling. It's really astounding numbers. Just to remind you that their polling showed that 75% of Americans support taxing the rich. And that includes 70% of independents and 60% of Republicans. So when we say that taxing the rich isn't just good policy, it's good politics, we've got the numbers to back it up. I mean, honestly, we all have this intuition that this ought to be popular, but we're told over and over again that taxes are unpopular and we shouldn't talk about it. But here we have overwhelming support from Republicans and independents, and they are ready to tax the very wealthy and corporations. And they're rejecting this old mythology of the trickle-down economics when they're doing that. So it's a remarkable piece of evidence that we're right and they're wrong. Pitchfork Economics is produced by Civic Ventures. The magic happens in Seattle in partnership with Large Media, that's L-A-R-J Media, and the Young Turks Network. Find us on Twitter and Facebook at Civic Action and follow our writing on Medium at Civic Skunkworks. And you should also follow Nick Hanauer on Twitter at Nick Hanauer. As always, thanks for listening.